You're listening to WDW Tales, a glimpse of the Central Florida theme parks from a cast member's perspective. WDW Tales, behind the name tag. And now your host, Justin Stone. Hi, everyone, and happy holidays to you. It's been quite a bit since uh, I've posted a uh, episode, but um, lots happened since I think the last time we've chatted. Um, had a baby, bought a new house, got a puppy, uh, bought a motorcycle. <laughs> Just a, a lot of uh, things have kept me incredibly busy. And uh, uh, thankfully, the uh, the audience on Twitter and the conversations I have on Twitter have been uh, have been great. And uh, I appreciate you guys um, being a fan of WDW Tales wherever. Uh, I'm talking about it, whether it's in the podcast or whether it's on Twitter. So, um, so thanks. And uh, I wanted to wish you all a happy holidays. Uh, man, 2020 has just been a year. Um, it's been a year for everybody. And uh, uh, for, for even forget about things like theme parks closing. Um, it's just the, the sheer amount of people, the world hasn't been impacted by, by COVID and, uh, it's been a, it's taken a lot out of all of us and it's been a tough year, um, especially for theme park workers. So many of my friends, dear, dear friends with 25, 30, 35 years of, uh, of time at Disney world and they're, uh, you know, they've been laid off and, uh, you know, what do you, what do you do? Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that 2021 just, uh, brings in a wave of optimism and positivity and, uh, in business for the park. So hopefully my friends can go back to work, uh, doing what they do, which is make people happy and provide, uh, great magic and great service and great stories and music and food and merchandise and, you know, all that stuff. So, uh, I really hope you're doing well during this time and I'm really hoping, um, 2021, gets a lot better. Uh, now what got me to, to pull out the, uh, the old zoom here and and microphone and computer is, uh, is to talk about something that I, uh, I love, um, on both sides of the coin as a guest and as a, as a cast member. And this isn't the great movie ride. Don't worry. This isn't going to be version 17 of the great movie ride. It's Christmas. I, uh, I absolutely adored the holiday time working um at the theme parks now granted we all know that disney and universal really put on the show when it comes to the holidays uh, you know there's there's lights and music and special events and parades and, and concerts and uh you know santa claus and and all these things that just it, it for some reason just the the theme parks and christmas just go hand in hand with me um, and that's, you know, again, not just from a, a guest perspective, but from a, an employee perspective. And what I wanted to talk about was just the, the experience that, um, that I had as a cast member and a team member at Universal, uh, depending on the, when it was, uh, and, and to kind of give you guys a little look into how we navigated the, just the absolute chaos uh, that comes with a, if not the busiest time of the year at the theme parks. Um, So settle in and let's talk about Christmas. 
So just from the sheer aspect of, of turning over Christmas to or turning over the theme parks to Christmas is no simple task. Um, I know that Disney has shown some uh, behind-the-scenes footage of what it takes to set up Christmas. It seems like it's overnight, which is amazing. Uh, you know, there's there's just so much work that sometimes isn't appreciated uh, by many, which is fine. Uh, it's really about making sure that the uh, you know the effects around you, the the feeling around you, is not something that um, you know you you just uh, you know you're like, how did they do all this? It's really about being immersed in, in the, the time of year and almost not thinking so much about the sheer, you know, exertion of, 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 uh, of work that had to get done. But really it's just about getting in and, and, you know, seeing, um, seeing a Christmas tree, hearing Christmas music, uh, seeing those iconic, uh, wreaths that go down main street USA that are there every year watching the Christmas parade. You know, it's almost like you, you know, like it's, that happens all the time. It's not like it's, you know, just certain parts of the year. Uh, but it's also just, you know, from the, from the almost behind the, behind the facade look, it's equally as crazy from a cast, from a, a, a um, from a merchandise and food and attractions perspective. Um, Forget about what you see, but think about like, you know, four months, three, maybe three months in advance, we start thinking about what holiday schedules look like. I mean, the parks are open from, I mean, they used to be open from 7 a.m. to 1 a.m. How many changeovers of casts uh, come through? Is every position managed? Um, You know, extending queues, going from maybe your regular queue to extended queue to extended queue to setting up a, a whole new queue of rope uh, um, to manage the 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 minute waits that all of a sudden just show up and that guests expect to to get on the ride. So it's not just about what you see, but it's also about making sure that uh, everything is effectively staffed and um, you know, making sure that, that teams aren't burned out. There, uh, there is plenty of opportunity to work wherever you want, do whatever you want. Um, there was a time at the movie ride. I think I went and I opened gangster at 6am for early magic hours. Uh, and I worked that until two. And then I picked up an overtime gangster shift from two to 10, uh, in bandit and then, or two to 11. And then from 11 to one thirty, I picked up a shift, uh, with crowd control with parade control or, or fireworks control. So, uh, that's kind of the time of year and sometime in the summer where Disney just goes work if you can. Um, funny story, my, <laughs> my dear friend, Yamit and, uh, and, uh, a friend of her, she was with the time. Um, this was before the rock and roller coaster, uh, before the the parking lot next to Rock and Roller Coaster was was removed, um, they there used to be what was called the Alpha Lot. That was way back in the day when the studios first started, up until about I don't know twenty or about two thousand six, uh, and that's where most of the cast parked, and that's where basically Rock and Roller Coaster is. You you'd park there, you'd go into costuming. On the left side was uh, attractions and merchandise. On the right was food service and custodial. Uh, you would walk in, get your costume, and then you'd go off into the park. 
from uh, from once Rock and Roller Coaster was built, then the Alpha Lot was basically cut in half. So there was still some parking, but there wasn't a whole lot left. But anyways, so she uh, and her boyfriend at the time, they had uh, one of those campers on the back of a pickup truck um, that either was a friend of theirs, they rented, I forgot what it was, but they basically from like December 20th to January 7th, they essentially lived in that. Um, well, they, essentially they lived in that from <laughs> For, for that time, they lived in the back, you know, in that camper in the parking lot because they were working nonstop. They were pulling in like, I, I, and it's been 20 years, but, uh, you know, I would assume something of like 120 hours, 100 hours a week uh, across great movie ride, Super Soap Week or Super uh, Superstar Television, or it was Doug at the time, maybe um, Indiana Jones, Custodial, uh, Parade and Fireworks Control. Uh, greeting uh, inside the park like if if there was a shift to be had they would take it and uh, it was kind of funny because we would like go back and and party in their little camper uh, at like two in the morning when everybody got off work and then at like you know five o'clock one of them would be like all right I gotta I gotta head into costuming and you know take a shower and get my costume and and go about work that's just how it was. I know I don't know. It's again, it's been a long time. So I don't know if that's even possible anymore to be able to work the amount of shifts that you can. I mean, let's forget 2020, but prior to, uh, I don't even know you could do that, but again, it's just like, there are so many opportunities around the parks given that time of year, because the sheer amount of guests that just come, I mean, you guys know, you try and get to the park at 11 o'clock at magic kingdom and it's closed to capacity. Um, you know, try and go to Mickey's Very Merry, which continues to let more people in and, and it, it's super crowded. And and so uh, Disney really offers the opportunity for cast members to work and work hard. I'll also say that if we want to stick on Disney for a minute, let's let's do that. Let's stick with Disney. So my first job at Disney World was uh, in Merchandise at Adventureland. I think I've talked about this before. It, it was at Buana Bob's, which is like the best job ever. Um uh, Elephant Tales, I don't even know what's there anymore. Tiki Tropic Shop, uh, Zanzibar Shell Shop, all of that, that, you know, that cohort of stores um, in Adventureland. And when when the holidays showed up, uh, you know, we would extend hours. We would, the you know, the stores would stay open an extra two or three hours or because it was on its way outside at the park, like Island Supply, um, it would stay open an additional hour after the park closed so as people were kind of funneling back from Frontierland and, and pirates and uh, what have you they could stop and, and do some shopping it it was like uh you know you were so busy you didn't realize where the time had gone um i was 17 so i still had to take uh, minor breaks so all of a sudden i I'd clock in you know at, at i don't know nine o'clock and before i know it it's one o'clock and i'm getting broken out for my minor lunch and uh, I was like oh my god it's already one o'clock and then you take your half hour and then you'd get back on and, and next thing you know it'd be like five o'clock it just was non-stop and it's not um, it's not like we we're so busy that we can't still do good guest service it's never like just funnel people through uh, we still had the time to stop and and talk to guests and see how they're doing and you know honestly a guest 
tend to be a little bit more stressed during that time because the park is so packed. They, they have a, an idea of what they want to see and then they can't. Uh, so you try and do the best you can just to kind of calm them down and see what you can do for them. Uh, there used to be this position called super greeter. We'd walk around the park. Um, I would do that with uh, my friend Miriam and we would just literally walk around the park and backdoor people into rides. We would, you know, get people excited for parades. We would help with crowd control. Um, and we might grab a, like a balloon or a, like a chocolate chip cookie from the store and give it to a guest. It just kind of helped ease uh, ease the the anxiety that many guests have uh, during the holidays. So it was great during that time because you would just be able to to do whatever you wanted, um, and that translated too to to other places where I worked. When I went from from Adventureland merchandise, I then went to Epcot attractions, primarily Journey into Imagination, and this was about 1995, 1996. The, the Journey into Imagination is one of those rides that never gets busy. The only time it gets busy is if it's 1983 and or the, the Honey, I Shrunk the Audience or Captain EO or whatever had just let out. Like a lot of people would funnel into... Um, into the ride. There wasn't even a, like that long of a queue. There was a switchback queue that probably held about you know, 300 people, if, if that. Uh, but during the holidays, that line would go way out the door. We'd have to do an extended queue down by where the bathrooms are. Um, and the, even though it looked like it was like a 45 minute wait, it'd probably be like a 20, 25 minute wait just because of the throughput of the ride. But, uh, you know, even that was packed. And so when you're a greeter, you're trying to, make guests stay, but then you're also trying to adjust the queue ropes so that people aren't ducking underneath the ropes. And, and, uh, the big thing was, uh, was illuminations of course, cause illuminations would always have their Christmas tag at the end of it. So around eight 30 people would just start funneling towards world showcase and, uh, and then see the show. And then they would try and come back at nine 30 and, uh, future world tended to close at nine, but it might stay open till 10 o'clock. Um, and then the illuminations Christmas show would be at nine 30. So basically when illuminations was over, the park was always closed regardless of the time. Um, and we would close off that, that part future part, future world West so that people weren't tr- trickulating, you know, trickling around. And so trying just to keep like, imagine just like a herd of cattle coming at you and you're like this one person and you're trying to steer them towards the main walkway to get them outside of the park. Uh, it's just, it's, it's just volume. It's just an incredible level of volume that is, that is, um, attacking you within the parks. And, and it's just like, again, it's nonstop. Now journey to imagination was a little bit different because it's was pretty much, uh, it was pretty easy ride to work and it was pretty boring. Um, there are only a handful of rotations. Image works was the same way you, but you would have to every once in a while, I would have to go and start Dreamfinder school of drama, which was literally pressing a button to start the laser disc for a two and a half minute show. Uh, and during the downtime, like in September or even sometimes in the summer, there wouldn't be people lining up. So you could go start the show, let people exit themselves when it's over and you could, you know, walk around. But for, the holiday, like the line to do Dreamfinder Schools of Drama, which was just the one show at the time. We didn't have the three different stages. Uh, the line would like go all the way out into the the pavilion where the glass is. And I was like, do you guys know what this is? And they're like, is it a ride? And I'm like, it's not a ride. They're like, is it a show? And I'm like, eh, it's kind of a show. And they're like, well, can we all do it? And I'm like, yeah, but like watch the screens and this is what you do. 
and I wouldn't deter people from doing it, but I was like, you're probably going to be waiting quite a bit. So it's, it's your decision. But, uh, the, uh, just the, again, the, the amount of people is, uh, is just insane. And, and how do you, you know, how do you make sure that you are still providing the right magic and, um, not keeping yourself crazy? Like you wouldn't just be going crazy. Um, that brings me to the movie ride, which is, uh, movie ride is like, again, like those times where it doesn't really get crowded, but then Christmas it gets like insanely uh, packed. We used to have the regular queue through the front doors, and then we had the the lobby queue, which is off to the right. You'd walk up, and before going in the doors, you turn to the right. And then we had tree queue, and tree queue was the switchback line of ropes that would go all the way down to almost the breezeway where it says Disney MGM Studios or Disney Hollywood Studios now. Um, this was before that opening was cut. We could walk down the stairs to Mickey Avenue. Uh, it would go all the way down there, and then obviously you guys know inside the pre-show is a huge queue. So we're talking like these long, long, long waits. Uh, and by the time people got on the ride, they, some of them didn't know what to expect and all, and you're, you're a tour guide and you're hosting the show and you can tell that people are like, is this all, is this all we see? Or you get on as a gangster, you're getting on a bandit and people are kind of into it, but they're also pretty exhausted. So you always have to kind of step up a little bit and, and really make it fun, really single people out. So they feel like they're getting, um, they're kind of getting their value out of the, the ride. And because we're all, you know, quote unquote actors. And I don't mean that as like we were labeled actors. We're just, we're at, we're, we're performers. Um, that's what attracted us to the, the attraction. Uh, the, the chaos on stage or the, I should say the chaos off stage was equally chaotic as the chaos on stage. Um, not even talking about all the different rotations because, and I, I've talked about this too, you know, you've got your five bandits, your five gangsters, you've got, um, You've got a load, unload, load two, pre-show, um, uh, uh, pre-con, pre-console, four greeters, a stroller valet. Um, uh, what else? You've got custodial staff in there. You've got um, you know Beauty and the Beast characters uh, in the. There's a a whole break room upstairs at the, on top of the Chinese theater where like Belle and Beast would get ready to do their their holiday thing. So there's like just everything's going on all the time it's like ants you know what I mean just like watching an ant farm but everyone's kind of really in a good mood and we're all in a, in some capacity commiserating together because it's so busy and you just you're you know you're pointed in a direction and you go and you keep going until someone tells you to go somewhere else and that's just the way it is and everybody kind of we all embraced it in fact I will I would say at least for for attractions more times than not, people enjoyed working the holidays because you were all in it together. You all put on your shoulder pads and your helmets, you know what I mean? And you all got into it together. But but additionally, in the break room, there was, you know, someone would cook pies and someone would, would um, you know, make, make a ham steak or, or, you know, somebody would decorate the break room with, um, with, with you know, festive decor. So it, it's like you you weren't just showing up to work and then like you just jam through the eight or 10 or 12 or 14 or 20 hours. If you're my friend, you meet, um, you, you're there and you're also kind of experiencing the holidays as you all can away from your homes because you're, you're, you're stuck there. It's almost like, and, and maybe not, but I kind of think of it as like 
maybe you're in the Navy, you're on a ship or you're stationed somewhere um, where it's just kind of the people around you, right? And you're all in the same situation. So you make the best of it. Now, obviously you get to go home at night and and so it's not a a one-to-one comparison, but in the same sense, it's like there's there's only so much you can do and you're going to have to make the most out of it. Um, and so that was always, it's always just a lot of fun and, and I do miss it. I, I mean, I'm probably lamented a little bit when I was there younger. Um, especially when I was in, um, in merchandise. Oh my God, guys, send please just do me a favor. If you ever buy anything in a store, don't have it shipped to your hotel room. Just, it's such a hassle. It's like, just do this. Just just either buy it and then have them hold it for the day at the store or just wait until the end of the day and buy it because trying to like you've got to tag things and you've got to put stuff in the system and then you've got to wait for like the the van to come around and it's just like a total hassle um so if i could just ask you maybe not (laughs) not to do that uh but thinking about the cast member experience as almost like a guest or the cast member of appreciation that you used to get at Disney. Um, I know it's completely different now and, and I, it's like apples to, I don't know, like apples to Mac trucks. It's not even in the same, in the same comparison set anymore. But back in the day, there used to be, um, there used to be a lot of fun that the, that the company would, would put together for you. I mean, the first thing is you would get, um, uh, you'd get additional tickets so you can bring family in, uh, uh, besides your main gate, but your main gate was blacked out. So you'd get certain like, um, holiday tickets to bring your family in. So you guys could enjoy the parks together. There was, um, there were food and merchandise discounts galore. Like you would get up to 25% or at my seniority is 35% and then 50% off on meals and everybody had these tickets. So everyone would get together and and go to all these different restaurants. And then, you know, one ticket was your whole party. So you'd get like three tickets. So if there's like 10 of us, we have basically 30 different places to eat at 50% off. So we would do like Ohana. We'd go to, um, I think Victoria and Albert was the only one that wasn't you couldn't go to that one, but like California Grill, um, Ohana, uh, we we just checked out everything that was an, an on the prop, on property restaurant, and even some of the third party restaurants would would accept those. So we're, we're you're just when you're when you have the time that you're not working, and most of us work six seven day weeks, uh, but there were times when you had some time off, and then we went out and we we enjoyed that. And it's funny because everyone's family, of, who's a family of a cast member, like they always end up with. Disney shit for Christmas because we got these great discounts. But in the studios, we used to do something called the Pargo Parade where every business unit would take a golf cart and they would dress it up in in Christmas themes. And we would do like in front of the whole park after dark, after the the, the guests left, we would do uh, an event where um, you would take these Pargos and you would do a skit. You know, you'd go down New York Street, Streets of America, or I guess, Batu now um and you would do this this skit for like the vp of the park like who's malcolm ross at the time or, or maybe like uh you know maybe someone from imagineering was there uh, you know it was it was just a way for everybody to, to unwind a little bit um there'd always be like uh cookies and and hot chocolate so disney did a really good job to make you feel like 
they appreciated the the slog of work that you had to do um, because they they know it, it's tough. Um, the holidays are tough, especially people that work on Christmas, Christmas Eve, Thanksgiving, um, New Year's Eve. I, I mean, I love New Year's Eve mainly because of uh, Tapestry Nations. Um, that was probably the best New Year's Eve outside of my wedding um, that I've ever had in my life. And so um, that's the other thing too is is if you're a performer, there are so many more people who are who are there to watch your show, whether it's a castle show or parade like Tapestry of Nations, whether it's an improv show in Italy, um, Jamiter show. It's just so many more people, so people stop to pay attention. It kind of feeds on your 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 you know in, inspiration to perform harder and and have more fun and interact more, and um, it, it's just it's truly great. And, uh, and I know it's, my vision is very rose colored and I, and I completely understand that. But, uh, so I enjoyed it. I mean, I was younger and, uh, and you know, those, those, that cast, whether it was the movie ride or IMAG or spaceship or tapestry, um, they were my family, you know, they were like, that's what we did. That's, uh, we really made the most of the holidays. So, um, you know, just, I'm, and I'm sure you guys know, but just as, as you kind of look at the parks and, and again, understanding 2020 is a complete, I mean, there's no, there's nothing to compare it against, but, you know, just think about all the work that goes in and then think about how much the cast actually enjoys it. I mean, this is me talking, but, and I'm sure that the people who just want to work and get out, I mean, that's fine. But I think, you know, the holidays are just a, it's a, it's a really fun time. It's an, I mean, it is a absolute battle and I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating that. It is, it is a long hours, but the hours are, are really, um, they're made shorter just by the, the people who are with you and the, the, the things the company would do to kind of help, help get through that or at least show appreciation. So, um, you know, that's, that's Disney. I'm going to talk about universal for a second. Universal. I'm actually going to do, I actually did it and it's sitting on my hard drive somewhere. I need to clean it up. But uh, I recorded an episode of what's the difference between being a cast member and being a team member. Now for, for cast member, I've told you it. I've eventually had merchandise, Epcot attractions, uh, Dis, uh, studios attractions, uh, uh, entertainment with parades, uh, entertainment with water parks. Like I, I've done a, many, many different things at Disney for universal. I guess I'd say I kind of done the, a lot of different things. My very first job ever was at Universal. I was at Schwab's pharmacy scooping ice cream. And, uh, but I've did horror nights as a performer, horror nights as an audio designer for Bill and Ted, uh, horror nights for, uh, a, um, house audio designer for a house technical supervisor for, um, uh, audio for, almost everything you've heard in the parks I've probably done. And a lot of it's still there, which is kind of funny. Uh, earthquake jaws, dragons, uh, Shrek, Jimmy Neutron. Um, wow. I kind of have done a lot. Uh, I think I'm forgetting something too. I don't recall, but anyways, so that I'll, I'll, I'll kind of find that I'll, I'll pull that out from the drawer and clean it up and, and put it out. But the, the thing for universal is, um, and again, this is back in the past, but Universal has a different, it, it feels a little bit more like we're all in this together, but not from a Disney way. Like Disney is really providing, um, Disney's providing like things for you to, to enjoy the holidays, but it's very corporate. 
it's very like, but we're still here to do a job. We're, we're universal. It's always just like, hey, like it always felt like we were trying to figure it out together. We're trying to figure out like this cue for the first time or, or how do we staff or, um, uh, you know, how do we know what park hours are the right park hours? And I'm talking like I was a lead at an attraction and, and I was in these conversations. So it just felt very much like more entrepreneurial or more like, again, like we're all in this together. But the thing that I remember, well, there's a bunch of things I remember, but one of the things I, I love about Universal, and I don't know if they still do it, but for Thanksgiving, they used to give everybody a free turkey, a free frozen Sodexo or, you know, whatever turkey um, that you would get, uh, you know, there'd be outside of, of wardrobe a couple times a week, like maybe three or four times before Thanksgiving, there's this gigantic, you know, refrigerated truck and you would go up and you would hand them your ID and they would check your name off and you'd get like this like six pound turkey. And everyone came to rely on it. Like, like even some of my friends, we would take all of our turkeys and get together and then do like this, you know, like deep fried turkey, baked turkey, broiled turkey, uh, like microwave turkey, whatever. But we had all these turkeys, so we would do our Thanksgiving together and have a kind of like a turkey party. But that was like one of those things where nobody asked for it. Universal didn't advertise it. They were just like, you know what? It's Thanksgiving and you guys work hard. Here's a turkey. Uh, I always appreciated that. They also did some discounts and things like that, but it wasn't, it didn't feel as structured as Disney. Like Disney is like, you can only use it between this time and this time. And they can only be at these restaurants where Universal's like, Hey guys, just have like, just enjoy the holidays. And, uh, we're always just like, thanks. You know, it was just, those are the things where you're like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, but the other things for the holidays that I loved, I, I have always, and will always love the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade that, um, comes to the park. My first job in technical entertainment in the recording studio was recutting, uh, new versions of the Macy's parade. Uh, the let's have a parade. It's a holiday, all that stuff. My, I never, there's a system called pro tools. I'd never used pro tools. I use it now. Um, but I was using a different uh, program at the time called, um, Cubase and Mark of the Unicorn. And the audio guy who's still a dear friend of mine, he was like, all right, well, you must know what you're doing. Go cut, um, two minutes out of this parade and then drop in this. There was like a new recorded segment. I was going to drop it in. And, uh, and I was like, okay, (laughs) I'll figure it out. And I, Got, I kind of figured it out, but the the loop was like an hour and a half and I was supposed to put the track in like, I think six different places in the, within the loop. And I only did it once cause I thought that's all I wanted. And, uh, we're out listening, we're doing rehearsals, uh, you know, later on, maybe in like late, late, uh, November parade rehearsals at 11 o'clock at night listening to the music with the performers and the dance captain comes up. She's like, how come my performers are only doing that routine once? And he's we're like, what are you talking about? And she's like the new routine. She's they're only, they're only saying they're doing it once. They should have been doing it like five times. And I was like, Oh no. And so the, the senior audio designer who was my boss at the time. Uh, he's like, did you drop them all into the right sections and I was like yeah man totally and then we went back to the studio and obviously I didn't and uh that was my first experience with um with entertainment at Universal well technical entertainment Universal it 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 got much better but uh the thing about the the Universal and, and and especially in entertainment is you know we've got this parade going on we've got different concerts going on um and everybody gets involved I was in audio but I 
helped blow up the balloons. I actually, when the parade was over, I helped deflate the balloons and then the big Santa Claus float, we broke it down and then we take kind of like this plastic that you heat with a, with a air dryer, hair dryer and it, you know, kind of, um, kind of forms around the, the sleigh float. And then we put that on the truck and we sent that back to New Jersey where they store it. Um, what's the other thing I was going to say? Uh, oh, sitting on top of the roofs. So during that parade, same parade, there would be marching bands, local marching bands that were invited to be part of the parade. And because the way that Universal's sound system in the park was set, there was no way to basically turn down certain speakers in certain parts of the park. It basically ran out of one system. So we had to go in at certain parts around the park, whether it's on Monsters Cafe, whether it's on um, Macombo, which is in Hollywood, uh, whether it's, well, it used to be um, Hurricane Xena, which is gone. Um, we would have to splice into those park speakers with, a, with an audio board, with a console, mini console. And then once the, the bands came, we had to duck or we had to turn down the gain or the audio of the parade music so that people could hear the bands. So we had to staff that. So you would sit there and you'd be on your phone until you hear like, you know, the, you know, West Orange marching, the fighting knights or whatever, <laughs> the fighting West Orangers would come through with their band and you'd have to turn down the audio so that everyone could hear the band. And, um, it, it was just, those, those extra things that you probably Disney wouldn't do because Disney probably has some state of the art system where, uh, you know, use an iPad now to turn off certain parts of the park, not us, not universal. No, we really had to, um, we really had to kind of duct tape it all together. Um, and if there's anything, the holidays were the time of duct taping things together, probably a lot of stuff not to code. I'm, but that had changed since NBC had come over. I'm, I'm sure of it. Uh, the other thing I had to do again, because I was an audio, but at Universal, you can do whatever. Um, there are no unions. You uh, you could also volunteered to help with other parts of entertainment. Like uh, I worked in decor, so all of the Christmas stuff that you see in the parks, whether it's it's Seuss Island, all the different Christmas trees, whether it's um, all the tinsel around um, the Guggenheim and the New York Public Library and New York Street, uh, I did all of that. I, and there was probably like six of us. So starting in like right after Halloween Horror Nights, I'm talking like two days after Horror Nights struck, we would then start to load in and put the, put the decor in the parks. So Disney has 200 people. Universal had like seven. And, uh, and so we would try and, and do as much as we can. We, from midnight to eight, you know, we would go and, and start putting up, you know, we'd have certain sections of the park where we get started. We put that, build that huge Christmas tree, uh, in New York street that actually used to be, um, uh, used to look like an, an oil derrick. The frame was an oil derrick. Uh, but now it's like a, it's like more like a frame where you a circular frame where you just drop in the, the branches and, and whatnot. Uh, but I still remember getting in these high reaches, these like 60, 70 foot high reaches to get on top of like the mummy building, um, which is, I don't know, it's probably about 50 feet up. And you would have all of this tinsel and garland and, and fake ornaments. And they were attached to the, to the cage of your um, high reach. And you would lean it too far over and all of a sudden you'd get the tilt warning, the tilt stall, where it means that you're too far out and that you're 
you could essentially tip your high reach. So I'm like 60 feet in the air and I'm getting this like beep, 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 beep. And I'm only like 130 pounds at the time. And, uh, and so I'm like trying to desperately to maneuver without it tipping over and the winds howling and, you know, it's cold for, for, for Florida standards. So it's like in the fifties, forties and you're, you're all kind of uh, bundled up. But we would then like the next day you would, you'd come into work and you'd see all the stuff that you did in the daylight. And you're like, wow, I can't believe I put all that stuff. I can't believe I know how to put that stuff up. Um, there was a time there's this Amity lobster company that I think the, the, the lighthouse is still there. It's like, um, Oh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's above the Starbucks by the Lou Wasserman statue. I can't remember, but it was like this lighthouse looking thing where you had to put a tinsel on one, one side and then angle the next piece of tinsel down on the next side. So it looked like it was making this diagonal loop down. And I like, it's like four in the morning and this is like the last thing I had to do. And it was a total mess. And it was, it looked terrible. It looked awful. And we're like, we'll go fix it. And then there was no money in the budget for us to go back and fix it. So all season we had this horrible looking tinsel thing and everyone was like, you suck at decor. <laughs> I was like, that's not really my, I'm, I'm kind of an audio music guy, but, um, on, on Twitter, a twister, we going back to the parade, we used to hang additional speakers in areas where there weren't speakers to, to kind of help the parade music, um, go throughout the park. And, uh, there was a guy who, I won't mention his name, but he was like a really gruff, just a kind of like a, he was like a, he was a sweetheart. He was like a good intention guy, but he was just a pain in the ass to work with. He he got upset about everything. Nothing was ever right. And like no one ever wanted to work with him, but we all tolerated him because he was part of the family, you know, like no one hated him, but there are times you just didn't want to be near him. And my first Christmas gig installing, um, we got in the high reach, we got, onto twister the the facade the twister facade and on the roof and then uh damien the guy who was in charge he was the tech two on the night he turned off for, for at the bottom he turned off the um he powered off hit the e-stop on the the high reach stuck me and, and the guy up there for like 35 minutes while everyone went to lunch it was kind of like a you know hazing so to speak um we actually found another way down which was pretty interesting because we came walking into the grill which is the commissary and we're like, acted like nothing happened. And he's like, what? We're like, you know, just the fun things you're able to do. Um, sleeping in facades. I, we would do it from like two to three in the morning, especially in Sting Alley, uh, which is across from Pan, uh, not Pantages Theater. It's across from the theater in New York Street. I can't remember the name of it, but you would be like, all right, I'm going to, you know, put, hook up these lights and whatever. And then you would find a place to lay down for an hour and, and grab a cat nap until someone on your radio was like, are you done hanging that up? And uh, you couldn't do that stuff at Disney. There's no way you could get away from it. Uh, there are some other stories I can tell in similar situations from Disney um, at different times of the year. I'll, I can talk about it at a different time. But for Universal, it was just like, you know, we're all in it together and it has to get done. So do what you have to do to get it done and, and we're not going to ask any questions. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciated that. It's really night and day. Disney and Universal. But when it comes to the holidays and comes to Christmas, there is no place I'd rather be than in one of those parks. Just because of the the feeling that surrounds you, the the excitement. You know, there's a there's like a just um I don't even know what it is, but it's it's like an energy, you know, it's an electricity that cast members feel, team members feel, I think the guests feel 
um, at, at certain points of their trip, maybe not all the time, maybe when they first get there or if they do Mickey's Very Merry, um, it's like, it's just very palpable, you know, you feel like, uh, you feel like it's Christmas, you know, you feel like that's, that's now it's Christmas. And I, I get, uh, you know, I get kind of in these, in these phases where I start thinking about the times at the parks and the holidays and just the craziness of it all. But then also like what we accomplish and what people experience. And it's just, you know, it's just very exciting time. And, uh, I miss it a lot. I I certainly don't miss sitting in Buana Bob's for three hours, uh, when it's raining and, and no one can come up to your store because, uh, it's raining and you're in the, you're by the jungle cruise. And, and so you've got to do what you can to keep yourself occupied. But, you know, it just, uh, it's not, uh, it's not really Christmas without being able to experience it, experience it from a Disney perspective. And then from new year's, it's kind of the same thing. Um, as I mentioned before, tapestry of nations was, was it, I mean, at the, at the end and beginning of the millennium, I was at Epcot. Um, I was on a, I was performing and I was drumming, you know, in front of tens of thousands of people, the, you know, lines of cars went all the way out to Kissimmee, went all the way down on, um, uh, I four and, uh, you know, people, people know it's, that's the place they want to be because there's a, there's a certain magic to it that isn't there all the time. Um, and maybe it's a different magic or maybe it's a different feeling, but it just is a little bit more, I don't know, exciting for me. So, uh, I hope you enjoyed this little view into the holidays at the parks. It was a little bit of a rant. I didn't really write anything out. I just wanted to kind of stream of conscious to you guys. It's been a long time and, uh, a, I miss talking and then B, um, I miss that time of year. And certainly this, this year has not been easy on anybody. And, uh, it's really tough to feel like Christmas is here or the holidays are here given just the challenges of the world. And, uh, I truly hope that all of you are doing well. You're healthy. Your family is healthy. You're happy. You're able to share time with each other. If not, please continue to social distance. Let's get through this thing. Let's make this Christmas the only Christmas where we've got to do it. And, uh, and next year we'll all get back together at the parks and, uh, have some fun. Um, so with that, Merry, Merry Christmas to you. I wish you all the best in 2021. I'm really hoping to produce more of this. Um, my kids are a little bit older, so I've got some more time to, to do it. Um, but if you want to just talk, I'm at, uh, WDW tales at Twitter, Justin underscore stone 24 at Instagram. Don't worry about Facebook. I rarely check it. Uh, but really Twitter is the place if you want to keep the conversation going. Or what about your your favorite Christmas experience at the theme parks? Do you have any? Um, do you remember? Do you remember, you know, having Christmas in, in the boardwalk or Fort Wilderness and you had a tree and you had presents of the tree or, or, or what it? I'd love to hear. Um, hit me on Twitter and we can talk about it a little bit more. So uh, enjoy your holidays. Stay safe, please. Be smart. And I'll see you next time.